Hello, what have we here? Welcome to the IDP Nation Podcast, the Factory Sports Network's IDP-centric show. We're your hosts, Dan Cook and Daryl Winston. Are you ready for some tenacious IDP discussion? We've got you covered from your LB1 Year Taxi Squad. This is IDP Nation. And we're back again for the second time this week. And we had a second show this week to have a special guest on from the Quant Edge. He is at Elliot Christ on Twitter. Elliot, how are you? I'm doing fantastic, guys. Football's back. I'm excited. I know. Yes, sir. Yeah, and we're going to talk about your website, the Quant Edge, and some of the features. And, and we're going to, you know, we've never talked to you before, so just kind of yeah. pick your mind a little bit about some things that you've done in the past. Um, but, Daryl, how are you since you're there, too, at DFF <laughs> underscore yeah. D-Win Hollywood? Yeah, doing pretty good. Been a long day. I'm ready to uh, unwind finally. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Daryl's always unwinding. I guess I don't know. I'm re- I've been relaxed. I've had I've had a couple months off. So school years. Well, not all of us get those two three months off during the summer. So well, that, that my falls are terrible because I have school and all of this stuff I try to do with the site and podcasting and all. So you know I need to recharge after a little while. But uh, anyway, enough yeah. about us. Uh, so. We'll start off with it with an easy one just to get talking some football here. Uh, what's your favorite team? Um, I don't really like talking about it, but no, it's it's the Jets. I mean, they're, they're a team I love to hate. I grew up loving them. At this point, you know, I'm half in, half out. They they annoy the hell out of me. At this I, point, I, you're I, more I, in your fantasy teams than than your. You oh, hundred percent. Uh, if I bet against the Jets, you best believe I want the Jets to lose. <laughs> oh, it's I would, funny because could cover but the problem is they're never favorites so that's i'm not really gonna middle there but um yeah i really like rooting for deshaun watson and baker mayfield but i also you know i i really the jets turn around and you know become a, a fun team to watch and i can start rooting for them more than I, I have back in the day i was a big of altoon um freeman mcneil fans yeah back in wesley walker yeah yeah that's that's probably even before my time but uh you know the, yeah. the I'm going to say Daryl's taking himself here. Yeah. A little, yeah. little bit. A little bit. Yeah, I figured uh, I'm from PA, so I'm, not, I'm you know, over the bridge from you here. That was before we had the Titans, so I could kind of just jump and be okay with jumping from team to team. But, yeah. Yeah, I guess when you don't – I guess you had your Tennessee volunteer football, and that's about it. Yeah. yeah. And, your, and your Iowa Hawkeyes. What the, you just oh i hate you so hate well daryl loves every every defender from iowa so, and, uh, so. not every tight end i don't know we don't really how are you with the hawk and fan are you you drafting a ton of them uh i'm, I'm interested in hawkinson a lot in yeah redraft i like george Kittle. <laughs> so yeah. but oh, i mean wow. With, I mean, with uh, with where Hawkins and like if I'm doing best ball or season long, I'm not touching rookie tight ends. 
like basically ever. So I'd pass on them. But in Dynasty, I think Hawkinson can be a real stud. Yeah, and I think his ability to block is going to keep him on the field a lot. So that will yep. help him a, a lot. Um, so your main gig is uh, DFS now, pretty much, correct? Yeah, DFS is certainly my focus. DFS and sports gambling. Yeah. Now, I guess I'm going to have to, to check out uh, in the season. Actually, I got lucky the other day. I, I did play the preseason Hall of Fame game, and I ended up taking down first place in my uh, – DFS. Uh, I did like a single entry dollar thing, so I lucked out. I had uh, Benekert, I had Hill, uh, Winfrey, who caught that last touchdown that put me over the top, and I had uh, the running uh, Muhammad, the running back for Denver, and then the two defenses, and I yeah, like taken down first place. So I was like, yes. Is that there two defenses in preseason a good strategy? Because offense is just kind of. In showdown slates, especially yeah. in week one, where guys are only playing a quarter or two quarters. I mean, if you can guarantee four quarters worth of points. Plus, the defenses are playing very vanilla offenses with oftentimes bad young quarterbacks. So, yeah. you know, I, I wrote up and I, I actually wrote up the slate and I wrote up saying that if you're playing cash, you should absolutely have both defenses because it gives you like a 15, 16 point floor. And that doesn't sound like much. But when yeah. the top, the top, weapon in the game is going to score like 12 points normally it's a lot yeah i looked at the summary afterwards and everything was in the red whereas normally you know you get you know your guys <laughs> that go off for like three touchdowns you know those are your top guys that'll win you weeks but you know to see everything in the red and you take in first place it's like man i got lucky with uh picking the right guys <laughs> i guess but um I, I definitely will well now i have a few bucks to play around with in preseason so i can you know there you go. Play around third. Yeah, Thursday. On a fifty thousand dollar top prize and a ten dollar. Um, they have some higher end stuff too. It's eleven games. I've already started my research on it. It's it's gonna be a monster slate and a lot of fun. And if you do your work, you can have edge an edge on people. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, um, yeah I I'll probably get in my my son's about he's turning 10 soon and he's this is his first year that he's like amped about like preseason football like he's playing flag football in the fall and he's he's really getting amped about it he's done fantasy we've done a redraft league the last two years and i have too many leagues so i just gave him this free yahoo league that i do with like friends and family like he just drafts it he runs it you know i i ask him who he wants to start and whatever and he does all right with it so i'm starting him off young so with that um so one of the things uh we we wanted to chat about here uh you spent some time with uh pff and we we've been um i think i've had like a, a membership here or there the like lower tier um what were some yeah. things you did at pff that uh that were because you know i've always, always been interested about you know hearing people that work there like you know what they do to gr- give these grades and what stats you guys come up with Yes, so I wasn't on the grading side for Pro Football Focus. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did a lot of game charting. I did a lot of. I actually did some scouting reports for college and NFL teams, okay. including one for Clemson before the national title game, which is pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, you know, I got to put together tendency scouting reports. I reviewed other people's work. I did some content creation for them. Uh, 
and it's been like three years now. There's there's other things, but those are the big things. So, you know, there's a ton of watching film and charting where guys were and dropbacks and uh, depth of targets and, and being able to basically chart every single action on the football field in order to kind of create whatever kind of data set you'd like to create. Yeah. So I, I, I sometimes I watch like the, the game pass, uh, like the, the coaches film, the all 22 film where they'll you know show the play from one angle and then show you that stuff. Um, is that basically what you do? You just sit there and like, okay, this guy's here, this guy's here, this guy's here. And kind of just go, you know. Yeah, I mean, it it really depends on what you're doing. So, uh, I would often live chart games. That's how they they get things out. So, as every play's happening, you're kind of with a DVR and you're pausing or winding it and doing all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. I was actually good enough to do it so that um, I would finish live with the game. That's so, really cool. so I mean, I, I was I was at like, you know, if it was a recorded game, I could do about seventy plays an hour. It was a live game. I could do about 50 plays an hour. So um, it was a lot of fun. It was a challenge. I actually uh, was good enough that I got to be on their Super Bowl team. So I, I charted the uh, – I was live charting the Falcons-Patriots Super Bowl, which did not end the way I wanted it to. Yeah. Um, but, uh, <laughs> didn't end the way I wanted to. Yeah, I was watching that game with a bunch of Patriots fans, so it didn't end the way I wanted it either. <laughs> I, I wanted them to lose so bad because, uh, I mean, obviously I'm a Seahawks fan, and I was still angry about that Super Bowl. So uh, I just wanted them to lose, I'm sure. You guys didn't get a ring or a trophy. You guys won the game. You just It doesn't count. Yeah, yeah. I, I, still, <laughs> I still despise Daryl Bevel for that. <laughs> despise i said good luck detroit is here just so he gets fired yeah owen 16 he can get fired again like i uh, just i don't know uh, any anybody that i know that's rooting for the lions i've apologized to them i'm like your offense is gonna you're gonna be like three and out like half the time and then and the thing about it is stafford's i don't think uh improvisational enough to pull rabbits out of the hat like Russell Wilson does half the time. Because <laughs> I've yeah, swear, because he, he, I think he just makes stuff out of nothing half the time. Like bad blocking, bad play calls. He just, you know, him and Baldwin just take over games half the time. But, yeah, I mean, Russell Wilson is, you know, he's a pleasure to watch. I really wish they would kind of unleash him and throw the ball more and uh, get more creative with them and take more d- deep shots and not just be so run heavy, especially on first and second down. Yeah. Um, I'm hoping with DK, they kind of let him. But even DK is not necessarily a high volume player. He kind of really yeah, yeah. fits in David Moore, Tyler Lockett. Let's throw the ball 30 down, 30 yards down the field off play action, you know, yeah. to pick up yeah. spots, but still only throw the ball 24 times a game. Um, but they have too many weapons on offense to not throw the football. You know, they, they have um, – we, we've talked to the Seahawks with a couple podcasts, and I'm like, they have so many, you know, not big-name receivers, but they have, you know, like Jerron Brown's good, David Moore's good. You know, they have guys that are good. And then wow. Lockett, you know, he, he can do so much as far as, you know, he can take the top off the defense too, which I guess is helpful when you have two guys that can – you know, take some pressure off the run game, makes the run game easier. And they're going to run the ball about, you know, what, 50 times a game where they running practically. Yeah, they're going to they're gonna be up there and lead the league for 
uh, carries per game. I mean, the Ravens, my guess, is, are the ones who get it, but the Seahawks are probably not close to that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And, well, indications are Detroit's going to try to run a little bit more. I just don't think they're going to run the plays, enough plays to get that, That's true. that title. Yeah, yeah the Ravens. Also, the yeah. Lions aren't particularly good. And so you can want to run all, all you want, but if you get behind, um, I know they have a good defensive line now, but I think that's more of a six-win team than like an eight- or nine-win team. Yeah. yeah, and, you know, that's what some of these teams, it's like you, you have to think, like, from an IDP perspective, we have to kind of take into consideration, is this team going to be, like the Chiefs are a good example to bring up. They're going to yeah. have teams in shootouts all the time. Yep. So, you know, getting a guy like Frank Clark or Ogba on the defensive line, they're going to be pinning their ears back in pass rushing because the, the threat of the run in shootouts is much less. I mean, you might have a draw or something like that, but for the most right. part, it's just go after the quarterback. So that's something that we kind of look at as one of our, you know, thing. it's not a over the, you know, if it's a, like a coin flip between two players, it's something we might consider uh, when drafting. It makes a ton of sense to me. I mean, those are the kind of things you want to always point out is that you want to account for them, but you don't want to over-adjust for them. They're they're really used as tiebreakers. You know, take yeah. guys because of it. Yeah, and, um, you know, some people have the theories that you should only take, you know, if you have a good offense that you're, you're, you shouldn't take their defensive players because they'll be on the field less. But, you know, that's... It's not most, necessarily true. Yeah, most teams play almost about I mean, the same amount of snaps. back at the Peyton Manning-led teams, they had a terrific offense. But you wanted some of those defenders because they were so far ahead that defense could pin their ears back and just go after it. Yeah. Um, so one of the tools that we looked at uh, at TQE that we were checking out here is the wide receiver cornerback matchups, which is something that intrigued me because uh, looking at corners, you know, we, we try to, you know, look for opportunities of targets on the defensive side of the ball, the IDP side, we try to look for those corners that are going to get picked on a lot. And on the offensive side of the ball, you do that too, because if you're getting picked on, that means you're getting targets. Whereas, you know, if you're playing Patrick Peterson, you're you're probably less likely to see targets thrown that way, unless the quarterback just feeds that receiver. Um, And well, with Peterson out six games, that changes things. I think Byron Murphy is going to be one of those guys that gets picked on a lot. Um, oh, yeah. Is that kind of how you guys look at the wide receiver cornerback matchups? Yeah, we're looking at the same thing just for different reasons, right? We're yeah. trying to anticipate <laughs> to get picked on because those guys that allow receptions are guys that can get tackles, right? Yes. And even you don't even really, and and turnovers can be such a high variance thing. Yes, right. guys have, to have ball skills, and certain guys are better at making plays on the ball than other guys. But the guy getting thrown at three times a game compared to the guy getting thrown at 11 times a game is much less likely to force a turnover or, or be more involved in tackling or anything like that. Um, you know, we really try to take it to the next level. So you can, you know, sort it by week. And if you just want to see the last four weeks or certain games when other guys played or whatever it is. You can see where they're lining up on the field, so you can tell if they're a slot corner versus a shadow corner. They stay on one side of the field because I think sometimes people get in trouble with that. Like he only plays left cornerback. The other guy basically only runs at left wide receiver because they're opposite. And um, right. people will talk about that wide receiver cornerback matchup, and they'll probably only play five or ten snaps against each other. 
And then, you know, one thing that I've found incredibly helpful is looking at how different guys do in zone or press coverage or man coverage, how often they're in those coverage types. And are they getting beat in those coverage types or are, are they dominating? You know, especially on the offensive end, you know, there's certain guys that perform far better versus zone versus man coverage or whatever it is. And, you know, one other thing we try to do is people talk about so much about wide receivers versus cornerbacks, but, you know, it's tight ends versus linebackers. It's guys getting lined up on safeties. So all these different statistics we have for linebackers, cornerbacks, and safeties. Yeah, that's cool because, I mean, some of these linebackers, they, they shouldn't be out there trying to cover tight ends and that's why those athletic tight ends can just make some linebackers look really bad in coverage and sometimes even the best ones like kittle was making people look foolish last year on just about every every game uh, no matter what linebacker was trying to cover him or safety or whoever um so yeah, that's, that, it's a little bit more than just wide receiver cornerback matchup so it's a um so that's pretty cool um as far as that so as far as uh, you guys also do like betting, correct? Correct. Okay. Me and me and so Daryl try to do picks every week, and uh, Daryl wiped the floor with me in picks. I did. Not to toot my own horn. I stopped counting. I stopped counting after like week ten. I'm like, all right, you got this. Like, yeah, it sure. really got embarrassing after a while. <laughs> so I guess I'll have to to join up and get an edge here because. Uh, last year we hit, uh, we, so we have picks on every single game and last year we hit 60 percent on all uh spreads and totals for the year and we hit 67 percent of our best bets cool. so our, our model yeah. performs awesome and one thing that we think is really cool too is that if you go in uh any nfl game you can actually adjust player sliders they can sh- we can show you like we can quantify what your opinion is so if you think brady's gonna have a great game you can tell you can say Brady's going to have a great game, and you can see how that impacts the line, see if you're over-adjusting, see if it's already factored into the line. You know, any fantasy-relevant player, wide receiver, running back, tight end, or quarterback. So you can get creative with it um, and kind of put your, your own take on the picks as well. Cool. So these spreadsheets must have taken – these these formulas and things must have taken, like, months to develop, I'm guessing. Is there, yeah, a lot of, I, is there a lot of historical data that was kind of drawn on this to kind of predict the future? Quite a lot. I'm yeah. I'm not the we 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 have actual quants. You know, Ivy League grads are our, our one guy um, is has a PhD in um, multivariable hypothesis testing, um, so, <laughs> which essentially is the ability to turn small sample sizes and make them predictive. Mm-hmm. Uh, they they've spent year year plus go testing models making historically back testing them seeing how they perform out of sample uh we're, we're talking about excel sheets or csvs right <laughs> uploaded into r that'll that'll crash the average man's computer so yeah these are these are massive data sets and it goes into a ton of testing yeah. um and uh, a lot of different factors and features in the model it's not just one individual thing that's pretty cool i'm a math guy so so that that stuff fascinates me i am i'm probably not smart enough to figure all that out so i'll leave it to the phds to to do that i have a master's degree but i don't have a phd so they uh i i know how to explain what it is but if you ask me to go into details i'm probably gonna get in trouble so that's that's um, fine i'm not (laughs) 
give me the recipe for your world famous uh, never told uh, chili recipe because you know not too many people no it's only me and daryl here i shut off the recording there you go <laughs> but uh and so i noticed injury impact and uh we, we have some information to share uh, on our show about injury uh stuff um so do you guys have like a PhD doctor there that analyzes the injuries and gives you like timetables and stuff? So it's not meant to do that. It's more meant to quantify what each player means to his team. Okay. So we have offensive and defensive players, offensive linemen. So if I take Tyron Smith off the field, how does that uh, impact the Cowboys? How does it also impact Dak Prescott or, or Zeke or, or Amari Cooper? You know, if Deion Jones is off the field for the Falcons, how is this impacting? Yeah, you know, we I, saw that. I, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, I mean, obviously that's that's an obvious one, but that torpedoed like, their Garrett, season pretty quick. Yeah, it sure did, and boy, did every running back catch twenty five passes against them. But um, <laughs> yeah. so essentially, it's through data data visualizations, um, and uh, you know, data sorting. It's a very easy to use tool where you can take a look at the stats of every single NFL player and how his team performs when he's on the field and how his team performs when he's off the field. And it can be as simple as, you know, how often our team's passing against them mm-hmm. to, you know, what's the turnover percentage, sack percentage, explosive pass percentage, pass success rate, like whatever these different statistics are, you know, we did some studying about which 10 of the most predictive statistics. And, and that's kind of what we came up with to show how players impact. That's pretty cool. So it's like, I would, I, when I, when you were describing it, I was thinking of the, uh, the war, the wins above replacement kind of deal with baseball. So it's it's, it's kind of a little bit different because it's not quantified into that. Okay. But one of the things it's, it's by snap, right? So a lot of other people's yeah. stuff they do with splits is a game as, and I'll be like, how oh, the Steelers going to play without Antonio Brown? Oh man, he hasn't missed a game since 2016. I'm going to go back to that. And it's like, that's not necessarily going to be predictive of anything that's going to happen. There's way too much turnover, but, if he plays 80% of the snaps, I can. I have a 20% sample size through 14 weeks, uh, and I'm able to look at some of what they've done. You know, you definitely yeah. want to be able to apply context to it. Mm-hmm. Um, like, yeah, when James Devlin's on the field for the Patriots, they run more. He's a fullback. That makes sense, right? But there, there's a lot of information there, and you know, for fantasy, understanding where the ball's gone all season long when uh, Antonio Brown's off the field, I, I think is a very helpful tool. Yeah, that sounds really cool stuff because, yeah. you know, we, we try to get um, and it sounds like you have offensive and defensive data. So it's not just uh, as as much as um, I guess everybody can find stats for offense. Like it seems like it's all over the place. Um, this sounds like you guys take into account both sides of the ball, which is nice for IDP because we, we we feel like we're neglected in the the fantasy community when it comes to stat uh, stats because it seems like we're, we're you know ignored because um, basically finding the stats that we're trying to figure out is like try you know trying to figure out going back to the wide receiver quarterback matchups like tar- how many times you're targeted and um, i guess that's kind of my one question for you going back to your days at pff uh you know you have different you have the basic by you have the elite is the elite does it ha- really have that 
more in-depth stats that you are obscure stats that you can't find for IDP. Are we talking about PFF? Yes. Yeah, PFF has uh, their their premium stats. I mean, I I haven't really looked at their stuff um, in most recently, but you know they have they definitely have st- statistics on defenders. Uh, we're we're currently working on a, a couple things. I don't know if it'll be ready for the season. That'll that'll be pretty mind blowing for IDP players. Um, oh wow, that's cool! Like an advanced stats dashboard for defensive players. You know, because like Dan said, it's it's kind of hard to find what you want in the idp world i mean it's yeah. kind of your basic yes yeah, your, your common stats but i guess it's kind of the uncommon stats that i'm looking for that's hard to find yeah, yeah we have some at tqe and we're going to be working on bringing more of it to people uh in the very near future and you know one tool that's set to launch in a couple of weeks is our pace tool which is great for offense and defense to understand how teams are attacking other teams when they are up in the game when they're down in the game, um, you know, neutral, you know, no huddle percentages, you know, passing percentage, run percentage, and all kinds of different um, right. aspects of the game to really understand how teams perform. And I think that can be really leveraged for both offensive and defensive people. Yeah, because, I mean, I think we were – at the website, we were inquiring about some you – know, partnering with a stat uh, company and – um, they asked us to come up with a list of stats that we wanted, and I think me and Daryl came up with like twenty different stat categories, <laughs> and nothing really ever happened with it. But we were like just dreaming up. They told us basically to dream up any stat that you think would be useful in your writing and you know research and stuff like that. We we got pretty crazy with it. It was like. Although some of it you mentioned, like linebackers, you know, how often they drop in a coverage and cover and, and stuff like that. So uh, that sounds very interesting. And uh, one of the things that we were talking a little bit earlier today in off air, um, DraftKings a couple of years ago in the playoffs had one showdown matchup that involved IDP. And, you know, you're, you're now main focus or one of your main focuses is mainly DFS. Um, why do you think that never went anywhere? Did not enough people engage in it? Did they just... I remember the contest was coming pretty close to filling. It was actually their original idea before showdown. Yeah, okay. Um, mm-hmm. I, I enjoyed it. You know, I remember the, the Panthers-Saints game. It's really interesting. Like, you completely punt at defense. You get guys like who, you know... Yeah, uh, right. Like it's a situation where you, you had to really balance it, and I thought it brought in a ton of strategy. It could have really grown the IDP industry. I mean, I played in all those contests. I remember reaching out to different IDP guys and trying to learn about the strategies and the best way to approach things. I mean, I think I would really like to see them run some smaller contests this year in addition to Showdown. I think the biggest problem is just when they tried Showdown, people lost their mind for it. Yeah. It's the simplest form of it's just the one game. Um, and you know, if, if you're, if you're someone that's chasing the tilt or the rush or whatever it is, showdown is pretty freaking crazy. Cause every play, you know, you can jump <laughs> spots or, you know, I, yeah. there was a game last year where I was up $5,000 with the bear Seahawks and had no Will Disley. And then they threw to Will Disley four times on the drive including the, the touchdown and garbage time. And I went from winning 5,000 to down 200. Like it was <laughs> like <laughs> drive. It's tough to do that on any other kind of slate. So. Yeah, um, 
I really wish they brought it back though, because I I think there could have been a really uh, nice edge for people that put the time into it, as well as it could have grown the IDP industry, which is, you know, you know, we talked a little bit off air. I don't play much IDP just because I'm so focused on best ball and DFS and and sports betting that yeah. it's offered in any of that those areas, but. The more strategy, the more players, the more involved you can get on defense, the more you can educate fans. I think that's that's great for fantasy in the NFL. Yeah, and I was uh, my first dynasty league. I've told the story before. Was an IDP dynasty league, and I just thought that's what dynasty was: is oh, you play both sides of the ball, <laughs> and you know. And then I, you know, got on some forums and started joining, you know, tens and tens of leagues, and uh, figured oh, you just do offense, okay, so. And then um, the last couple of years, I've been doing more DFS. I kind of dabble in it. I'm not like a hardcore DFS player. Um, but one of the things I thought would be cool is like, you know, on the draft app where you're drafting, because I think that would bring a lot of strategy in too. You know, when do you take your defensive players if they're you right. know, balancing the scoring like they kind of you know, do? And, you know, I just thought – and. We were we had a best ball conversation last week with uh, Brad Reyes uh, at TQE and Madman who works at or is also with DFF here and um, one of the cool things that that we mentioned was with an IDP best ball league it takes all that lineup setting mm-hmm. out of your hands you can just draft a team and it's pretty you know you can some leagues you can do waivers and some you can't. But with the best ball, it's like you just draft your best team possible and hope for the best. And you don't have to make those tough lineup decisions like you kind of have to do with DFS. So it's funny you mentioned best ball and DFS because they're kind of two different worlds almost. Yeah, they are. I mean, I I think the thing about best ball is when I do it at a high volume rate and I'm really trying to get a balance of portfolio – of players basically of guys that I think are going to have good seasons and, you know, balance out backing offenses. And, you know, I, I think that one of the uh, attractions to the best ball is the best ball championship that's running, you know, with a million dollar top prize, because that's a very GPP strategy where you're yeah. trying to do a lot of game theory and, and leverage, you know, different costs of guys and when to buy and when to sell and, you know, balancing out your, your book from, you know, one month to the next, um, where guys are going. So I think that's more, much more of a DFS thing. I, I think best ball I really view is kind of cash the way draft has it, where four or twelve teams get paid. Yeah. Um. You know, you you can you can build some floor in there. There's so many people that hop in and just, you know, the number of times I see like eight quarterbacks go in an eighteen team, like uh, an eighteen team uh, round draft, <laughs> blows my mind. Yeah. <laughs> You know, there's some there's some really bad drafts and it it, it allows for you know it, for me at least to to, be, to have pretty good ROI on it yeah I do I mean every once in a while I have a bad week but most of the time I'm, I'm doing okay on there I think owners kind of panic at times when they're picking or drafting especially on a 30 second clock yeah 30 yeah. second clock like I know there's a couple of times where I've been like doing laundry and drafting and I'll be like, Oh crap. I'm down like 10 seconds. And I like have to just grab somebody. Cause I'm like, Oh man. So cause Sunday mornings are kind of my morning to, I, I do a lot of uh, stuff around the house to keep the wife happy. So I can sit around and watch football the rest of the day. Right. So. 
And I also have to set like my fifty lineup or my like forty some lineups that I got going on. Oh gosh, don't it takes me all morning on set on Sunday mornings to set my lineups. It's yeah. ridiculous. But um there was something I was gonna ask and it just completely fell off my brain here. Uh Daryl, you got anything? Oh man. No, you've pretty much been hitting everything that I was wanting to ask. I was and I asked about the PFF. Uh oh man, help me. Seems like there was something I wanted to ask. Oh, yeah, I, I meant to ask. Uh, I saw you're a St. Joe's grad. Oh. Yeah. I, I had a student uh, teacher from St. Joe's, and actually one of my uh, good buddies who I was drafting with yesterday, he uh, he went to St. Joe's for quite a few years and uh, got got a couple awesome. degrees from there. So. There you go, small world. Yeah, um, I guess I graduated in 2012 with a degree in marketing, and then I got a job in finance, and now I work in football. So. Cool. No, I, <laughs> yeah, I was going to say the the way you were talking about your portfolio sounds a lot like uh, like stock brokering, you know, balancing your portfolio, you know, return on investment stuff like that. Um, I mean, I think, oh, you know, people talk, call it a degenerate, or which I don't, I don't love that term, but uh, you know, a sports investor or you know, analyst or expert or wh- whatever you want to call it. But at the end of the day, you know, I, I do more than just content. I, I play all this stuff, you know, at a, yeah. a pretty high volume. And my goal is to make money. Now, yeah. my goal is to make money every single week. I mean, I mean, I would love to, but that's not a reality of a situation, right? So yeah. understanding long-term, short-term, understanding how to kind of hedge and mitigate risk or, or take risk or, or, you know, understand that if I'm playing GPPs, you know, I'm, w- I'm willing to lose all my money that week because I'm, I'm trying, you know, a game theory that can leverage me into the top you know, five or, or win a GPP. You know, it's, it, it's I think there's a lot of similarities to finance and I think there's a lot of similarities to poker. And, you know, a lot of that stuff is math based, which I think a lot of the stuff is as well. So I think when you combine math, which is, I guess, the less sun- fun side for most people and and, you know, understanding the game itself and being able to analyze it and you're not necessarily doing math but you're you're basically trying to find you know vulnerabilities and and that kind of you know right. a math process without calling it math you know it's yeah I, I just think it's all fascinating and i really enjoy it well at the end of the day a touchdown six points i mean it's all math there you, so go. <laughs> it's, you know your your point system is all your scoring systems all based off of, of, of points yeah and i think it all reason. whether you're playing daily or dynasty or redraft or no matter what you're playing it's all about gathering that info and making the best informed decisions you can make so yeah i mean it all kind of ties together so yeah it's very interesting yeah definitely um so we've talked a lot about TQE. Uh, is there anything else you want to mention about the site that uh, our listeners should check out? Well, I mean, we just completely redesigned it and launched it this past weekend. We're, we're really proud of it. Um, you know, you can get $25 off your season sub with promo code POWERHOUR. You can also come in and join for a free account. You know, you can sign up for a different tr- uh, package for a week free as well if you want to try stuff out before you commit to anything. We're going to have a ton of DFS preseason coverage. I know you talked about what taking down a GPP. So, you know, I'm trying to be like you this this coming Thursday. But, um, you know, <laughs> we're going to be pumping out college uh, – sorry, NFL content about 24, 25 pieces a week with all those tools. We have new stuff launching. We'll have an app coming up for the season. So we're really excited about everything at thequanedge.com. Cool. 
yeah, we'll definitely uh, check that out. Uh, I'm very interested in these uh, PhD formulas working for me. <laughs> definitely. Yeah. yeah, I'm telling you, these guys work incredibly hard at it. And yeah. there's no one I would rather trust my money with than their, their, their formulas and algorithms. Yeah, and that I guess that's the part of DFS that I'm missing uh, is the, you know, I, I look at some lineup optimizers and stuff like that. And ultimately, I just go with my gut of who I think, you know, and that's, you know, kind of what you do. But if you have more data, you know, the lineup optimizers I'm using are pretty basic. You know, they're, they're not, you know, you pick a couple guys and then um, I guess that's uh, one thing about the, the DraftKings optimizer. Do you have to pick two guys? Yeah. So that's, that's basically the standard thing in the industry that you can't just optimize because otherwise... We'd be, we could essentially be a lineup seller. Yeah. Right. Press the button. Just get TQE's top lineup. So, you know, two players, you, any two, one of them. I mean, if you really wanted to get around it, you would probably just take TQE's top two guys in the points per dollar mm-hmm. ranking and hit optimize. But it's, it's a way so that every, there's a little bit of uh, differential between everybody. Plus, you know, projections are updating throughout the course of the week and all that stuff. So you yeah. optimize the optimal lineup Friday might be something different on Saturday or Sunday. Right. I don't even think I look at the lineups until like Sunday morning. Normally after the the um, inactives come out is when I normally start looking at them. Not start looking, but that's when I actually go in and set lineups because that's when all the information's going out. So, For me, it really depends on the week. You know, some weeks are news weeks, some weeks are not. Yeah. Oh. That's all pretty cool. Um, I see you got uh, MLB best bets as well. Not just football. Do you have like other oh, yeah. betting stuff? Yeah, we have. Uh, you know, college football will be coming out this year. We have MLB, college football, NFL, college basketball, NBA. Uh, we have some UFC coverage on there. We'll be adding more sports uh, in the near future too. Cool. Yeah, I uh, we we both actually. Well, I don't know if Daryl's done them in the past. We did a college fantasy football league this year for the first time. Not yeah, I've actually. I'm in one that's uh, – this is my third year in it, so it's kind of – it's different. But I like them because I think it – it's a lot more work, I guess you could say. But it so much prepares me more for my other leagues that's just strictly NFL because I'm already, I feel like I'm already ahead of the game. I already know some of these names that's coming out. I already know – what their game is about, how they can translate and stuff. So I feel like I've got an edge with these college leagues. It re- just really helps me for my NFL leagues. Yeah, Daryl does. Uh, Daryl's one of the few people I know that actually writes IDP Devi. <laughs> so he's. I mean, there's wow. a lot. Of, there's there's a lot of Devi people out wow. there, but wow, IDP Devi. <laughs> so that's I. That's that's, that's <laughs> impressive, is what that is. Yeah. <laughs> So every time I – and I do a couple IDP Devi leagues, and every time I'm up on the clock and I need an IDP player, I'm like, yo, Daryl, who you got for me? Because I know you're watching. It's normally an I Iowa mean, guy because – Really? I mean, really, I was – I just started out, you know, years ago. I It was strictly offense only, redrafts. Then we got into the dynasty offense only. And then a few years ago, I got into the IDP where it's just your basic defensive lineman – linebackers and defensive backs and then it kind of expanded from there to where it's just full-blown dynasty it's a uh, position specific and then uh, about i guess about 
three years ago, somebody had mentioned college, and I've kind of been thinking about it. And once I got into the college man, it completely changed the way I look at fantasy. Just, I mean, completely. Offense and defense, because you're so much more uh, in tune. You're so much more – it's just the info. I mean, you're what, you're actually way ahead of the game doing the college and the Debbie stuff. And then, you know, I'm a defensive guy, so I was like, you know, there's not a whole lot of people does IDP Debbie, and I just kind of took off with it from there. And um, so far it's been good. I mean, there's been a lot of people come at me with uh, questions, and, I mean, Dan, he's one of them. I mean, he's always picking my brain about stuff. But, yeah, I mean, it just – it the college game, just the Debbie side just changes everything about fantasy. Yeah, yeah. I'm again, I'm just – I'm impressed. That's the only way. <laughs> See that, Daryl? You, you 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 impressed somebody that's pretty impressive himself. Oh, really? so. I don't know what to say to that, but thanks, man. <laughs> yeah, like I said, I think he's the like, and I was in an IDP Debbie league a few years back, and I'm like looking for info, and I'm like, there's none out there. Like, yeah, it's just not out there. I mean, yeah. and if you do find it, it's just tidbits. Yeah, it's more like recruiting stuff and, you know, your, yeah. your your mock drafts for, like, 2020. It's not really digging into the player. You know, like, he watches film on the players and he, you know, kind of projects. And we do a guide that comes out every – well, we did, we did it early, before the draft one year and this year we did it after the draft so we could add a fantasy spin to our analysis. And um, It's been a big hit. I mean, people have – you would yeah. be amazed at – once you get it rolling, it's kind of like a snowball going downhill. I mean, it's just – it just gets bigger and bigger and bigger, and there's more people coming at you, and they're asking you more questions. So, yeah, yeah I've been pretty pleased with it. That's yeah. awesome. And then it's a three-month process for me to put it all together and <laughs> make, make it look pretty and all that stuff, and that's a headache. But it's a labor of love. You know, you got to like what you're doing or yeah. it's not worth doing. So. It's kind of awesome that you get to do something like some some days I'm just like, oh, man, I need to find a new job. It's awesome <laughs> that you get to do something that involves something you're passionate about. And, you know, you, like we kind of talked about, you get to use, you know, those sh- skills you learned in the uh, finance world that kind of apply to these things. And obviously marketing, you're, you know, Which is you're here. During the season, I do a fantasy stock market uh, piece. So that's kind of. I mean, ADPs, especially like in best ball, are, are so similar to the stock market. Mm-hmm. You know, you you really want to remove the player himself and just start understanding the cost is the most important aspect of it. Yeah. But I mean, I think one of the biggest issues that people run into is like, I love Chris Godwin this year, right? I'm just throwing out a random example. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you love Chris Godwin in the fifth, and now he starts going beginning of the fourth or late third like that it's time to stop loving chris godwin you you missed your buy window he had, <laughs> you know what i mean and that's what you you want to do right you don't you don't just buy a stock because it went up a ton the day before and that means it's going to go up a ton the next day it's probably going to even out right but people really struggle because sports and fanhood is such an emotional thing to take that aspect of it out of it yeah we kind of we, we kind of talk about idp like 
You kind of have to be more forward thinking than think about what happened last week because you got guys like TJ Watt last year. Week one, I think he got four sacks in the first game. So everybody's scrambling to get TJ Watt on their teams when he's one of those boom bust players who, you know, for best ball, would be great. You know, you figure, you, you know, you get a four sack week once every three weeks. That's great. But, you know, when he, when he gives you that one point week, you're kind of like, okay, where was the sacks in this game? Right. So, um, and especially with best ball, we talked about this uh, with Brad and Jeremy last week about, you know, you, you try to build the best team, you know, with a solid floor, and then you you handpick some guys, you know, like we mentioned Deshaun Jackson as being one of those oh, players, you know, that, you know, historically in, in best balls has been pretty good because he'll have those monster weeks. Huge, huge love for Deshaun Jackson because I play in a I few I mean, going back to Philadelphia, I think that offense is going to be really good. They've yeah, really yeah. missed threat since he's left you know they tried nelson aguilar they tried tory smith it just has not worked out so i think so he's gonna help one there and he's gonna have a big year so i guess i kind of I, I asked this question earlier today but it wasn't a, a dfs type question but for you is there one player that you see that nobody's talking about that you think everybody must own for this year oh man i mean my rule of thumb is that it, it, with the way the NFL is covering now, you're never the only person talking about something. Right, right. But, I mean, there's there always seems to be one that's kind of low-key or no, somebody's overlooking or – I mean, everybody gets talked to death, but is there one – go ahead. Um, at the running back position, Tony Pollard. At the wide receiver um, position, uh, Terry McLaren. And then at the tight end position, Darren Hall. So those, those are some uh, low um, – we're talking about the end of drafts here. I think yeah. Pollard has a chance right. to play a lot and catch a lot of passes for Dallas this year. Uh, you know, Gary Terry's got a chance to be the, the number one receiver on that team. <laughs> he, he's looked oh, yeah. amazing. I really like his film. And Darren Waller, you know, is a big-time athlete, played some wide receiver in college. Uh, is going to be stepping into no competition at the tight end position, and Carr really likes to tight, target the tight end. So, nice. you know, I always look for those athletic guys with big play guys on the outside, like Tyrell Williams and Antonio Brown, guys that can take the top off the defense, really open up that middle of the field for a tight end. So I, I like Waller a lot as well. Doesn't and hurt Paul that Derek Carr, like, pelted Cook with targets <laughs> last year. I mean, I know he didn't have Antonio Brown and Tyrell Williams last year, but – but Carr doesn't like to throw the ball more than like seven yards, so that really works perfectly for the tight end. Yeah, I mean, he actually really got intrigued. Waller for a dollar in a free agent auction just before we uh, came on, so that was nice. And I like it, but I'm really intrigued with your Pollard pick because who knows where this Ezekiel Elliott holdout is going to end or go, or how long. And Pollard, I feel like, was kind of overlooked because everybody's thinking Daryl Henderson. Uh, with the Rams now, but Pollard, you know, Dan can tell you, we, yeah, I mean, we, I watched a lot of Memphis tape because it's kind of local to my area. I live in Tennessee, so I get to see a lot of Memphis games, but just watching the IDP side, because we, uh, we interviewed uh, Bryce Huff, linebacker or edge rusher for them. And I, so I've got to see Tony Pollard. He's really underrated and has a really good chance, you know, especially with this holdout of Ezekiel Elliott. I think he's a, a really good pick. Yeah, he, I mean, he's a he's a hell of a pass catcher. 
reports yes. are now it's like he's he's beating up Van Der Esch and Sean Lee and Jalen Smith and you know he's yeah yeah I, I mean everything I've seen heard he's really impressing down there so and his competition right now is Alfred Morris and and Weber <laughs> like he's stuck and have stiff competition and he's for what they're gonna do he's such a better pass catcher I mean Alfred Morris is not gonna catch a pass anyway so Tony Pollard <laughs> is have that role locked in. And even if Zeke plays, you know, there's a chance he's he's the back that if Zeke plays and there are no issues, he still can easily find himself with a role in that offense. Well, yeah, if you go back to last year when Elliott was playing, they gave Rod Smith a fair amount of reps. So I think Pollard can take that role over. So, yeah, I'm really, I'm really digging him right now. Yeah, not everybody can be uh, McCaffrey and play like 99% of snaps. For... <laughs> yeah. That was just ridiculous. No one, had never been, no one before McCaffrey had ever done that. Yeah. I was like, wow. And they, they're going to have to lower his snaps. Just, so yeah, they want to lower his snaps, but up his touches. Yeah, which is crazy to think because he had a very productive year last year. Yeah, it's that's one of those coach speak things that when you actually start checking the math, you realize it's pretty difficult to accomplish. Well, that's <laughs> like when you, when you try to like predict and stat out a team and I've never really tried to do that, but you know, it's when you kind of say, Oh, the Kansas city chiefs, everybody's going to have double digit touchdowns and thousand yards. And you know, you sat on a team. You're like, Oh man, that guy's going to, the quarterback's going to have the greatest season of all time. Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You start statting it out and then you know, next thing you know, Mahomes has like seventy touchdowns and you know six thousand yards, and and you're like, I might need to go back to the drawing board. I, I may not have done this one right. Yeah, we we had kicked around the idea of trying to uh, predict, like, do the IDP predictions for the following year, for like this year, <laughs> and I was like, that just sounds like a painful, arduous job that I don't want to do right now. So <laughs> that's the way. Yeah, because, I mean, you can look at snaps and, I don't know, you can take, I guess, averages from the last few. Like, Keekly, you can pretty much pencil them in for 110 tackles a year and, you know, a handful of right. sacks. and It's those big plays that really in IDP, they're hard to predict because you have to be the right place at the right time for interceptions and, you know. Yeah, right. Mike Cleveland something where he has entire team projections of every single player and yeah. what he pre- – uh, you know that's the hell of an undertaking. Yeah, I definitely <laughs> love to pick his brain when it comes to that stuff because, and I know he does the the offense and the defense. Like you know, he's one of the I th- I think one of the few mainstream guys that talks about IDP. Right. So I'm, uh, I'm a huge Mike Clay fan. Yeah, you know, I've, I've 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 spoken with him on podcasts before. He's an incredibly humble, hardworking, supportive guy, and. You know, he's, cool. he's incredibly talented and really good at what he does. He's from the tri-state area around us here. So. Yeah, it's a diehard Eagles fan. Yeah, that's yes. the one yeah. that will. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm the I'm the oddball that's a Seahawks fan that lives in PA, so. Yeah, I've still not figured that one out. Uh, Steve Largent. <laughs> I, I remember some Steve Largent back in the day with the one-bar helmets. Yeah, Steve Largent, and then I just, I don't know, I felt I became a ken griffey jr fan loved ken griffey jr and just kind of seattle is my you know, transplant city i guess and you know it's so weird because tennessee back in the day when i was growing up as a kid watching football 
we didn't have a team. So I kind of, in a way, I kind of felt like that benefited me to just see the NFL and as a whole, because I can remember rooting for Randall Cunningham and Reggie White and them as the Eagles, you know, Steve Largent, Chris Warren, or uh, Kurt Warner, I think it was, the running back. For the Eagles? The Seahawks. The no, Seahawks, yeah, Seahawks. Kurt Warner, yeah. Kurt Warner back in the day, and then like I mentioned to him, Ken O'Brien, Al Toon, Freeman McNeil for the Jets, and then you got into the Bears. And I think it kind of helped me that – you know, I, I pulled for this kid or I pulled for this guy and this team or whatever, and now that I've got my own team, I'm just – I'm so I lost. say, you're, you're an NFL floozy. You were just going all around. I was. I was. I can remember <laughs> the Patriots getting just throttled 46 to 10. I mean, yeah. that was just yeah, it's crazy. Funny. It's funny because my son is, is one of those – he loves he loves players more than – and that's maybe my fault with the fantasy influence – uh, like yeah, for, and I get that. I really do yeah. because cause if if there wasn't a Tennessee Titans, I tell you, I would be just like him. I would be pulling for players and yeah. you know who I like. But yeah, but I look at my teams and the guys who I have on a ton of my teams. Like I love Alvin Kamara because he's on a ton of my teams. Well, he's a ball. You should love him. Well, I just love him because he's on a ton of my teams. And like <laughs> I love patrick mahomes just because i think he's a great player and you know i root for him and even like the the browns you know you i cheer for the browns a little bit just because they've been the the doormat for so long i don't know what it is but i'm such a huge baker fan right now i I don't know what it is man elliot mentioned him earlier so i can't get enough of it dude that that's uh him and watson are are my two favorite players i mean baker is just well, I Baker's can't root for Watson. He's in my division. So I can't do that. <laughs> yeah, with uh, Baker chugging a beer and the mustache and just maybe that's what it is. Chugging the beer, bravado. <laughs> he broke the beer can with his tooth and then shotgun the beer on the jumbo trying to quarterbacks who just chugged the beer. Yeah, that doesn't endear you to the local fans. I don't know what will. Yeah, it's crazy because somebody on Twitter had posted this. I guess as soon as uh, Baker did this, they's like, you know, so and so did this. Baker's like number two at chugging a beer. Taylor Lewan is like number three, and then it <laughs> skips down to like nine hundred and eighty-five. Is like Aaron Rodgers your, is is your senior high school quarterback, and like number one thousand four hundred and eighty-eight is like Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Aaron Rodgers apparently didn't party much at Cal. <laughs> he sucks anyway. I'm not a big Aaron Rodgers. Oh, fan, we, that, that's a little extreme there, Daryl. Yeah, I, I'm a big fan of Watson because he helped me win my uh, ship, and him and Hopkins. I've I've that stack on you. I have that stack on my team. So, and I love, and I just love to to root for the Jaguars to irritate Daryl here. So. See, this is why we're not friends right here. This this exact segment right here is why we're not friends. This is why we have an entertaining podcast, because uh, <laughs> if we agreed all the time, it'd be like, yeah, I agree. I agree. You know what? Yeah. I actually like your Seahawks and pull for them at times, but no. you got to pull for Suxonville and freaking Houston. Ugh. Well, here, here, maybe you can settle, maybe not settle a debate, but but help help us out here a uh, what are your thoughts on Derrick Henry? Because Daryl oh, loves, boy. he calls well, him I, King Henry. 
Why you gotta do this? This is just not fair. I mean, Derrick Henry is very. Uh, but I, what I think about Derrick Henry is I think he's one of the most dangerous open field players in the NFL. I think he needs four yards to get ahead of steam, and then at that point he's very difficult to tackle. I think anywhere in the first three yards he's he's a very average to below average back because he needs to build up that athleticism. Um, I would agree with that. that. He can handle a monster workload. Uh, I think he gets better the more times he touches the football. There uh, you go. I think he could be used better in the passing game. I'd like to see him in screens because there I just you go. But I'm not going to ask him to, you know, isolate on linebackers or anything like that. Breaking news: Elliot Christ is my new best friend. <laughs> <laughs> he wants you to do the podcast with him now because he's been trying to get rid of me for years. No, I've now. been looking for a new co-host, man. Anytime you're available, hit me up. <laughs> What he doesn't tell you is I do all the recording and editing and posting, so it's a little hard to replace me. But there you go. I, I can appreciate that aspect of it. That's a that's not a little bit amount of work. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. And it's, it's the only uh, reason I keep Dan around. It really yeah. is. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You wouldn't know what to do with yourself. <laughs> You'd have to write like twenty more IDP article, IDP Debbie articles, or something. I, I don't have enough time in the week now to write what I write, let alone yeah. add more. See, I also edit his stuff a lot of times for the site too. So, like, we're just <laughs> constantly bugging each other. So. <laughs> but, but no, uh, he, you know, he's right. I mean, Elliot hit it perfectly with uh, Henry. So here you go. So uh, while we're at it. Uh, my theory on the Seahawks backfield is uh, Carson for redraft, Penny for dynasty. That makes sense. Yeah. So I asked both of you, and Dan, I know you're a Seahawks fan. Yes. Regardless of the format, regardless of now or future, don't you think Penny gives you the gives the Seahawks the best option to win? With, with I'm not skill sure better than Carson. Oh, Carson's, Carson's not shabby. He just seems no, to miss a I'm few games every shabby, year. No, I'm not but I just seem to think, for me, I think Penny gives him a better option at winning, at being successful with his skill set. I mean, neither are great receivers. Yeah. That's why you'll see J.D. McKissick still relevant. Yeah, that'll be fun. Um, and yeah. C.J. Proslice. <laughs> or, yeah, if C.J. Proslice can hobble on the field. I think oh, people have finally given up on that dream. I remember a year, two years ago, where people were saying that he's better than McCaffrey. Uh, that one <laughs> didn't work out for a lot. It's so weird. Yeah, I, I loved him because I'm a Notre Dame fan, so I, I loved uh, Proslice. And to and see him just never... A bunch of... Yeah, he just never got... I mean, he had that huge game against the Patriots and then hurt from then on out pretty much and has been hurt ever since. I have a ton of friends down here that are huge Notre Dame fans and they're like, oh, CJ Prosas, CJ Prosas. And I'm like, no, this is not going to happen. This is not who you want. Yeah, yeah people people would not let that one die. I mean, it wasn't quite <laughs> as bad as Michael where, you know, every year he gets picked up and people lose their mind. But this is uh, finally the time. And sometimes, you know, when it's, year five and the guy still can't get on the football field uh, and he's been caught by four teams that you, you right. it might admit you were just wrong on a player. Yeah. Yeah. And um, that's like Alfred Morris this year when he signed with Dallas. I'm like, are you kidding me? He would, he could, he was done last year. 
Well, I think it's just there until Zeke comes back. and then he gets Yeah, back. it makes sense because he kind of already knows what's going on offensively. It does. They probably just needed a camp body one to bring in. My, I was just uh, thinking it was funny because, um, you know, it's like, oh, they brought in Alfred Morris to scare us, to scare <laughs> Zeke into signing. But Yeah, I'm not sure that one's going to work. Yeah. But, uh, well, we thank you for coming on. It's been t- fun talking football, uh, just football in general. We, we That's why we do this because, you know, we're not getting paid millions of dollars to do this, obviously. So we uh, just enjoy sitting around talking football. As much as he claims he hates me, uh, we really do have a good time with the pod and hope you did too. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, it's a lot of fun. It's a diff- the IDP thing is something that's always really interesting to me, and it's, I think it's fantastic to take a look at the other side of the coin. Yeah, I think it's made me a better football watcher in general because I watch every, like, you don't just kind of, you kind of see who is covering somebody on the play and, and stuff like that. It's added to my football knowledge, I think, through paying attention to it. So why don't you tell everybody where we can find you, where we can find your work, what website to go to. I'll let you deliver that information expertly. You can find me on Twitter at Elliot Christ, one L one T, no H in Christ. And you can, every single uh, thing I do right now, you can find over at thequantedge.com. Uh, you know, sign up for a free account, check it out, or if you want, if you're ready to to kind of get a discount on the season, use the promo code Power and you'll get twenty five dollars off your season pass. All right, and we thank you for coming on the IDP Nation podcast, and we will. Uh, Get in touch with you next offseason. We can do this again. Maybe Absolutely. maybe by then uh, the DFS world will wake up and have some more IDP in it. I hope so. hope so. Maybe I can tweet at DraftKings and at uh, FanDuel and <laughs> at DraftApp every day until they add some IDP to it. I'll retweet it for you. I got you. <laughs> All right. <laughs> thanks, man. It's been a pleasure. And thanks, thanks for coming on. Yep. Thanks. Stop. Collaborate and listen. BestFantasyFootballLeague.com is back with a brand new invention. Okay, it's not really a new invention, but they've got a cool twist on the dynasty leagues they're currently providing. One quarterback, three running back, four wide receivers, a tight end, two flex, no kickers and defenses, 24 rounds. They also have redraft leagues, best ball leagues, entry fees from $19.99 to $2,999. Go check them out. BestFantasyFootballLeague.com. So that's bestfantasyfootballleague.com. Uh, go join a league. I know a lot of you are itching to join another league. Maybe not. Maybe you're like, I've hit my limit, but but I still want to do one more. You still can. Um, so that was Elliot Christ from uh, TQE. Sounds like a very interesting website. I'm definitely going to check it out more in depth than I did uh, to prepare. I, I was I figured I'd let him, you know, since he's, he's uh, one of the head honchos over there explain his uh, site to us and uh, I'm, I'm interested because i'm a math guy i don't know about you daryl yeah I'm, I'm all into some numbers and grades and which kind of piqued my interest with him because of his days at pff so yeah uh, i'm i'm always looking for different numbers to add to my equations and grades and all that stuff so yeah i was very interested and i'll definitely be checking out uh, his site yep
Uh-oh. You know what that means. I'm on the clock. So we, we Somebody's gotta, on the clock. Yes. We got a trade for y'all here. We're going to get one here. Okay. Um, going a little... I'm trying to sound like Daryl here with y'all. But, uh... <laughs> imitating, man. You, you can't imitate. Yeah, you're OG. Yeah, this is straight... This is straight Southern. You can't be doing... You can't be imitating this stuff. You either got it or you don't. It, it's kind of funny that you mentioned that because uh, growing up <laughs> in school, kids used to think I had a Southern, like, accent. And it's weird because I really don't think I have that Southern accent. You because... Do. Well, I mean, maybe I do to you guys or people away from here, but... You're like the light version of the Southern accent? Yeah, if you live down here, man, it's it can get thick and it can get authentic real quick. <laughs> yeah. I'm not sure I'd want to. I don't know. I've oh, been yeah. down south. I, I've been to Atlanta. I've been to you meet some North Carolina, North Kakalaki. North Kakalaki. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's see. Uh, haven't really made it anywhere in like your, what you consider like your neck of the woods. Like the, I, I want to go to Nashville sometime. Hey, Nashville. I hear that's. I hear that's a good time. So I, I so hate it that you missed the draft because that was a blast. I know. I know. Work. Uh, but we are doing this for a living. We'll just travel around to the draft every year. So well, I, I, I'm trying to drag your dead ass with me. I'm trying to take us <laughs> to the top. So you know, we need more five star reviews. We need more yes. freaking. Actually, that's a good segue. Uh, it is. <laughs> as you may have heard on yesterday's episode with mg we have a factory sports membership to give away for a year uh, on the show so yes. if you want to be eligible for that prize go to your apple reviews go to i don't know how the google play store works because i use apple products yeah and i'm not sure how podbean works either i mean well on podbean um you can subscribe to the show uh leave a comment would be the kind of equivalent to an apple uh review yeah. uh leave a positive comment what you like about the show um obviously if yeah. it's not a good comment we're just gonna overlook it <laughs> we're, we're not gonna put your name in the hat so to speak you know we, we enjoy all kinds of feedback uh just uh you know Five stars, please. If you have a problem, just talk to us. We're, we're pretty, we're pretty understanding people. Like Daryl's crappy internet's gotten a lot better, <laughs> so you know we, we we try to take care of problems because we want you to have a good listening experience. Because you know why? Not? I'm killing time because I don't know who I'm taking. I'm going to take a defensive end this round. I think. What kind um, of league is it? It's one of the eliminators. Oh, I'm drafting okay. the. I'll be drafting these until like week one. <laughs> which some people are getting upset about you know the timing so so far at d tackle i have frank clark and everson griffin and those are great players to have but if you're playing me in week 12 i might be a little up the creek so to speak because both of those guys have week 12 by so i gotta figure out who i'm taking here to supplement that i'm thinking josh allen from uh, the jaguars Oh, you just did that to stick me, didn't you? Well, you're not in this one. This is the uh, which one is this? The I think it's the Sheriff Bill, Bill Latin, um, one of one of my uh, 
first listens in the IDP world here. Uh, he has a eliminator. So that goes to Fantasy Cares. Um, I think I'm going to have to go with... I mean, I got Josh Allen, JPP. The problem with JPP is health. I mean, I could take a chance on him, but... I would need, the first week I'd really need him is week 12, unless I have some other injuries. But I'm not sure I want to take that risk. Um, Charles Harris is injured too. Uh, BJ Hill from the Giants is a little intriguing. I don't really like taking a lot of rookies. Vic Beasley's out there too. Carl Nassib. I would take BJ Hill over Beasley. BJ Hill. Yeah. yeah, Vic Beasley is not too impressive. Oh, yeah, I got a trash trade that we can talk about. Speaking of Vic oh, awesome. And it's funny because a lot of these trades are coming from this same league. So here's this trade, and, and I'm... I don't know. I am, like... I don't want to say I'm furious because I guess I'm mad because I didn't get the trade because it was just bad. Um, let me see if I can find it here because it might have gotten like disallowed or something. Maybe it did because I don't see it here. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe they uh, reversed it because I, yeah, I definitely don't see it here. The trade was something like Vic Beasley, Shaq Lawson, and somebody else for a couple of 2020 picks, like fifth sixth seventh or some crap and i was like what is this garbage yeah i don't know it must have gotten uh either not approved or i don't know i could have sworn it went through this morning but maybe it was, <laughs> maybe it was one of those accidental oops i forgot to do this um somebody wanted to give me adrian peterson for julian edelman i thought that was a j- funny So, uh, yeah, that was interesting. Because right. he's like, yeah, you want to trade old guys? And I'm like, Edelman's not that. I mean, they're about the same age, probably. But Peterson's a running back. And, yeah, he's, a, he's, I mean, for as old as he is, he's amazing. And, you know, obviously I'm older than he is. I am fully aware of that. But I'm also not a world-class athlete. So, um. Do you have a trade for us, Daryl? I know you were looking. I'm looking. I haven't been able to find one. Yeah, that's a problem with taping on back-to-back nights. Is uh, yeah, I mean, we kind of. Um, I did get a lot of. Actually, I have one. Uh, Buda Baker or three point zero one in a rookie draft. Buda Baker or three point one in a rookie draft. Oh, okay. You know. I'm go- you know what? I'm going to be oh, I'm going to be in the minority of this. I'm going to take 3.1. 3.1. Because I th- I think if nothing else you can get a Savage, a Thornhill, an Abram. I think you can- they're there at 3.1 probably. Yeah. And-, and I don't and I think they're kind of equivalent or better than Baker. I was telling this story beforehand and actually uh one of the list- one of the participants in this trade was uh, a new listener. So he'll probably hear this and be like, hey, that's my trade. Uh, and and is two people from the same league that I'm in 
uh, knew I did an IDP podcast, and they're both asking me for advice in the same draft. <laughs> so I'm trying not to steer them wrong, and I'm not. I'm trying not to tell them, you know, bad information. You know, I want to help them both out because I'm, you know, that's what I'm here for. I'll help anybody. You know, you'll help anybody. Um, but it's just funny because the one guy asks me about the trade and then like 10 minutes later the other guy who's i guess i didn't know he was trading with this other guy asked me about the same trade i'm like this sounds so familiar like i answered this question five minutes ago <laughs> so <it was> great <laughs> so here's one this is an offensive trade it's a proposal i'm probably not taking it although i don't know well maybe we'll see uh so so let's get your snap uh we got kirk cousins Debo Samuel, Zach Ertz okay. on one side. Okay. So Zach Ertz, this is an offense only. Yeah, I've thrown it in here. More time right. Zach Ertz is probably the big piece there. Probably. Is one quarterback, and I would be giving up Russell Wilson, DJ Moore, the Vance Dance, Vance McDonald, and Jay Sternberger. I like Debo, but I also like DJ Moore. I like DJ Moore better than Debo. I think I'm keeping uh, Russell Wilson and DJ Moore, man. Yeah. I, I Cousins is okay. I'm just not. He is, but I think Russell gives you a little more rushing. I think he gives not you a little much. bit more big play. Um, And DJ Moore, I think, is going to be a star this year. Yeah, I think DJ Moore. I mean – See, one thing is, and I don't, I don't necessarily look at this too often, but I have Dante Pettis already. You have a rival wide receiver? How dare you? Daryl, if, if you don't have any Jaguars or Texans I do not have Colts, a single freaking Jaguar. Sure. I don't. I don't own a freaking single nasty ass Suxonville Jaguar on my any of my 40 freaking plus teams. None. Absolutely none. That's just ridiculous. I, I take that back. I take that back. I'm sorry. I, I take that back. I do have some shares of Ronnie Harrison. Other than that, I have none. No Calais Campbells, no Telvin Smiths, no Miles Jacks, uh, no AJ Abouye's, no freaking whatever the loud mouth is on the other corner. Nope, don't have them. I have no Josh Allens. I have no Tevin Bryant. No, Jaguars, they're out. See, you think with your heart too much. This is fantasy. I'm trying to win money. I'm trying to win. I don't care what team they play for. You're on my team is how I look at it. It's kind of funny because, uh, let's see, just on this particular roster that I'm looking at right now, I have have Jared. I have Jared Goff from the Rams. I have David Johnson from the Cardinals. I have Jarek McKinnon, Raheem Mostert, still left over from last year. Should probably cut him anyway. But with the the Niners, as many guys that get hurt, I, I want to keep on keep as many of those as I possible. Uh, let's see what else what other AFC or NFC West players do I have? I have Richie James, Jordan Matthews, Dante Pettis. Uh let's see. I have uh, Aaron Donald. 
I have, and I have, that's it. And I have Buda Baker. See, I don't look at, I, I can't believe you'd do that. What? That you would just not draft. I mean, I get avoiding their wide receivers because their wide receivers could be a train wreck. And I get avoiding. Calais Campbell is on the downside of his career, so I'm not touching him. I get that, but. Kevin Smith's not even playing. He's butthurt about something, so who knows what he's doing. He's all up in his feelings and emotions right now. You don't know what he's going through. AJ Bouye and his freaking sidekick, look at me, whatever his name is. I ain't touching either one of them fools. Miles Jack, he's a vol- He's only production by volume guy, which – I can see that. I mean, in fantasy, he's good. But Ronnie Harrison is the guy I want to own if I'm owning any Jaguar. Taven Brown, he's not going to move the needle for me. Josh Allen, Josh Allen's okay, but he's probably a year or so away. I can't believe you. you, Yannick Ngakwe is a straight street guy. He's either going to get you three sacks or he's going to get you zero sacks. I got no time for that inconsistency in my life. You have to separate fantasy from your favorite I team i don't have to do a damn thing except that you're right you don't have to but you have to pay taxes too or they'll come lock you I, up no no i don't have to pay taxes okay they'll come go, lock you up then okay what, that's, fine. that's my choice i can go to jail that is your choice i will not okay but anyway I, I i can't believe you do that oh believe it it's happening ronnie <laughs> harrison i'll give you that i'll take him because i have quite a few shares in you know, Daryl, this is one thing I cannot get on board with you with. Well, that's fine. But the rest of those Cause... losers down there in Suxonville, they can suck it because I ain't had it. Oh, my. Your hatred runs deep. Oh, it does. And it runs true. And it will never, ever, ever, ever die. So what if uh, division realignment happened and Jacksonville and Tennessee are no longer in the same division? Still hate those bastards. <laughs> <laughs> On that note, Duval. <laughs> See, you just do that to get me riled up. I did. You, you you <laughs> you're an easy mark. That's all I gotta do is say Duval once, and you're you're tilted, Speaking man. Speaking of you're, my you're... Time, how how crazy is Wesley Woodyard being a backup right now? Yeah, if we were doing a news and notes, that'd be definitely something big. Yeah, to, to I mean cover. they've got. They have um, Jayon Brown and Rashawn Evans as the starting inside guys. You know what? And I know, and I don't want to cut you off, but I, no, I know I know a couple of people were mentioning, you know, it's preseason. I get preseason depth charts are worthless. I do too. But normally a depth chart will favor the vets over the rookies Which- and second-year guys. Like if, if they were... And maybe it's Vrabel just doesn't care, or whoever made this depth chart. It's got to be Vrabel. It has to be him. He has so much Belichick in him. But but I I don't understand. Unless it's true that Woodyard is going to take a back seat, which, I mean, we did see down the stretch last year, Evans was worked in a little bit more. You know, we looked at snap counts, and he was only at, what, 70% snap counts, I think we said? I think it was. And if this holds true, if Evans is the starter and this holds true throughout the season, then Wesley Woodyard's no longer a Titan when 2020 rolls around. 
I think if he if they're gonna roll with Evans, they're gonna cut Woodyard this year. Why would you keep him as a backup? Well, I, yeah, I can see that because you know Evans is still really young. So I mean, you kind of want that, but we got you know, Jam Jam Brown. Jam Brown's a vet by now, though. I know we still look at Jam Brown as like a young guy, but he's three years in the league, right? He's got three years played in the league, right? Correct or two? Um, let's see, Jam Brown, Jam Brown. Uh, let's see. Either way, either way, a depth chart normally, if you look at most of these depth charts, they favor the vets. They're not going to try to irritate the vets unless they're trying to poke them, you know, like, and this could be a Vrabel, Belichickian, I'm going to mess with this guy and try to get more out of him. If you look at their outside guys, they've already got Harold Landry and Cameron Wake, and Cameron Wake is an old guy. I mean, he really is. Yeah. You know, well, they could have easily yeah. went with Kalama, uh, Kamalaya Correa at that outside linebacker, but yeah. they go with the veteran. You know, they've got – there's still a lot of veteran presence on this defense, so it kind of it kind of caught me off guard that Woodyard is listed as a backup this quickly when Evans, while he has showed some flashes, he was worked in towards more towards the end of last year. He's really not proven himself where Woodyard has. So that kind of shocked me that he's ahead of Woodyard, even if it's early, unofficial depth chart. So, and there's two ways that this could go. Number one, you have, let's pump Evans up a little bit by making him first team guy. Or let's get a cattle prod under Woodyard that, hey, this job isn't yours. <laughs> I, I get it. I could see it going. I mean, either, those know. are those are the two ways I see this. Or somebody in PR made a mistake. I'm a huge, and that's possible. But I'm a huge because these are Twitter. unofficial. I mean, look at Washington's QBs. They have Colt a, McCoy listed as the starter, and there's no okay. way in hell Colt McCoy is starting the season okay. for the Redskins. Okay, you want to go here? Why does Minka Fitzpatrick? Why is he not listed as a starter in Miami? He is. He's listed as a starting no, safety no. next to. Oh, he's not. Bobby McCain. I just no, at... no. He is listed as a backup at safety behind let Edmonds. Me, and... Let me look at this. I'm telling you, this has been a Twitter I, debate. I had the Miami depth chart up earlier. Today. I was saying. looking up some stuff. Because I was looking up some stuff for an article. And, I did the, the... and the IDP dude actually mentioned this. He's like, well, maybe he's going to be the starting nickel corner which is technically not a starter, which I could see, but I, you can't tell me he's not one of the best 11 starters on defense. He should be starting with Rashad Jones, period. Here we go. I got it. Although I got to, like, zoom in. What the? So you're about to get me all sorts of wound up. I can't read that picture here. Uh, let me see here. Well, this is could be Brian Flores just messing with people. I need to view. The... Okay, here. Yeah, I guess it does. That is Jones and McCain with Minka Fitzpatrick. Yeah, I don't know why McCain. Why is McCain? I think that's what shocked me the most is McCain. I saw one where McCain and Fitzpatrick were starting, and it had Jones and McDonald behind them. So I don't, I don't know. Maybe I, I don't know what I was looking at earlier, but I don't know either. But yeah, I, I don't know. That's 
I mean, Nate Third Orchard. Hit. Nate Orchard's looking pretty good. <laughs> Second right. team. I just signed him. I think so. I mean, there's some uh, there's some weird things on some of these depth charts that just ain't adding up. And well, we, and I'm a huge I'm a huge where there's smoke, there's fire guy. So, you know, there is, but I, I don't care about these things until I see them on the field. Now, here's going to be the test on Thursday night. Your Titans play the Eagles, so I'll get to watch the game on local TV uh, with the Eagles. Hey, so will I. So I should be home. So I think we can. I can terrorize you so while watching that so game. So I'm saying it's a safe bet that we don't talk to each other that night. Oh, I don't care who wins. You shouldn't care who wins. I do care who wins. It's preseason. I don't care. The 0 and 16 Browns went 4 and 0 in preseason. I don't. I don't care. I want to win every <laughs> single snap. Anyway, if Evans and maybe they'll have Evans and Jayon Brown out there with first team, and then maybe Woodyard. If Woodyard works the second team, then there's some smoke there. If Evans, if 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 Woodyard, if Woodyard is just not dressed and doesn't play, then they're just giving him vet rest. Yeah, but there's still going to be the argument. Well, it's the first preseason game, and I get that. But whew, I, don't I don't know. I think sometimes we like to see more than it's really there because we saw a lot in Sky Moore playing when it's really just Walker was recovering from injury or whatever. And yeah, but I don't. Woodyard's not hurt. He was your main guy a year ago. I get it, but he's an aging vet. He is an aging vet, and Tennessee has set the president. Tennessee's drafted a ton of defensive talent. And they've already got rid of Avery Williamson a couple years ago, so they've set the precedent that they're willing to move on from non-variable guys. So, interesting to say. At the very least, it's worth something. Keep an eye on. It is. It definitely is. So, we will see. Maybe somebody will have a injury at linebacker, and we can trade uh, Woodyard for uh, for a whole lot and help our team. See, now you're talking injuries. You're trying to jinx people. I didn't jinx. I said maybe, maybe. Well, you were yeah. jumping down my throat the other day about saying something about injuries. It happens, Dan. It's. Dan. I, I said, let's hope everybody stays healthy, and you're like, I oh, you just jinxed everybody in the league. Yeah, but you did jinx us. That's different. I said maybe somebody will. You're like, I hope everybody stays healthy. That's like. I'm being optimistic. You're saying I hope somebody gets hurt so I can trade Woodyard to him. <laughs> Don't be twisting my words. <laughs> I always got to twist my words. Yeah, well. Well, it's time to get out of here. Hopefully you guys enjoyed this episode. Um, again, in the last couple episodes, we have some guests that don't necessarily play idp and that's okay uh we're, we're trying to you know tip you know what do you call that just ding away and try to you know wear them down um i, I think by next season we'll have mg playing in the league uh sounds oh, like uh elliot has a lot going on so he might not be oh we're definitely getting mg in the league oh yeah yeah we're gonna have to we're gonna have to work on that a little bit more but um but yeah, definitely a couple great guests um, that have a lot of, um, you know, Elliot's been around for a long time in the fantasy industry. Um, like I said, his he's, his resume is a who's who of websites um, around. Right. So, 
Um, but anyway, that's about it for us. Uh, any last words for the people? Besides, we have a whole slate of football. Oh, can't wait. I'm so excited. Ugh. Yes, it sounds awesome. Um, go Hawks. I forget when they're playing because I'm focused one day at a time here till my vacation starts. And uh, we will tape an episode for you all so you don't have to miss us for 10 days. Trap. Well, Daryl will, will be partying every night to celebrate not having me around. Yeah, it's going to be the 10 days of no Dan. Go Hawks. Tighten up. We are out. Good night now. Later. Kyle Brandt was on Rome today. I don't know if you caught that. Helped your room. Yeah, I caught that while I was at work, Dan. I really did. I don't know. Maybe you can listen to the radio. Good night.